there's some self-patience being kind to yourself when whatever it is that you're hoping for or planning for is taking longer than you want to get there. Hi and welcome to Art Juice. This is honest, generous and humorous conversations to feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Louise Fletcher. And me, Alice Sheridan. And we haven't recorded together for a while. Feels a long time, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Be like, hello, stranger, Um, which wasn't planned in any particular way. It was just how things worked out. But it's nice to see you again. And we didn't have any particular plan. You'll be shocked if you're a regular listener to hear that, that we didn't have a plan. So what we thought would be good would be to have a catch up and find out what's happening in each other's arty worlds. So that's what we're going to do today. And we hope something useful comes out of it. But if it doesn't, hopefully it'll be entertaining. So instead of doing what have you been up to this week, I suppose we're just going to launch right into what have you been up to in general? You know how often I come and I say we've been to Dartmoor and it just rained? Mm -hmm. We went to Dartmoor and we had five days of uninterrupted sunshine. Woo! (laughs) It was like heaven on earth. It was absolutely glorious. I did quite a lot of just lying on the grass I read book and a half Mm -hmm. I also did some just lying on the grass like listening to the birds yeah it was just so I don't know it was like this little kind of magic hotspot my daughter's doing a level revision we did some lying on the grass chatting together about like future life plans and exam anxiety and all of that stuff um and also some of it was I didn't really have much choice because uh the neighbors are doing some building works and whether or not their cherry picker thing destroyed our phone line we had uh internet speeds of all of one megabytes so that meant that very occasionally I could manage to open a window and then I just got circling this will uh, work, this won't work, which was really good fun in the last few days of um having the membership open. So I've had <laughs> I've had imagine. a really, really, really good lesson in letting go. There is nothing you can do about this. It is what it is. But there we go. That's how you deal with perfectionist tendencies and uh feeling like you've got to do all the things all the time. You just go somewhere where you can't. <laughs> Do you know, I just saw a Mel Mel Robbins Instagram reel and it was it was like so mind blowing to me that what she said. And it's so obvious. But she said, try this technique. Let them meaning if someone wants to do something that's upset you, let them. If someone's dissed you, let them. If someone's ignored you, let them. If someone doesn't want to be your friend anymore, let them. And I thought, wow let them like and the thing is as if you can stop any of this as if you can stop the internet not being out or as if you can stop people doing what they're going to do but you get we get so controlling and um but I've got to change this that would have been my reaction well I've got to find out did they break the wire did they and you can't even if they did not going to get it back no in a few days so no it was it was very nice I did I did my uh further rounds of battle with ground elder dug over a whole bed uh 
actually went and bought some plants and got very dirty hands planting them. And that was lovely. And I thought I was doing really, really, really well. And then I had a little bit of a meltdown with my husband where I was doing quite well at that. Oh, well, it is what it is. But when he said, oh, it is what it is, I went for a stunt around the garden and threw my mug in a bush. <laughs> and then we calmed down. So the tension was there. The tension was there. Oh, I love Not that. all then. I threw my mug in a bush. <laughs> and what was really annoying was it's a really nice mug. So then when I was lying on the grass at this point, having a slight strop with myself and feeling like a two-year-old, I was like, oh, and I really hope I haven't chipped the handle and then I had to go and find it. And it's all in one piece. Hooray. Love that. I <laughs> uh, When we had lovely weather as well for a few days and I bought one of those, you know, like those egg-shaped chairs um, oh yeah that have really soft cushions oh god the best thing it I is. ever bought it wasn't cheap but it seats two which means because I'm not very tall I can just sit with my legs stretched out in these soft cushions it sways gently in the sun and it was just heaven and like you I'd had a really bad day or a bad day the day before and yeah. I woke up grumpy and I had all sorts of work to do and I just thought you know what it's a lovely day I'm going to enjoy mm-hmm. the day and forget all the bad stuff and I went and bought some plants for pots and put them in just slowly had a really nice lunch outside played with my dog it was too hot for him to want to walk so he just lounged around I laid in my chair reading a book it was really nice it was like a rest day. Here's an idea. <laughs> Should we give up making art and just do gardening and enjoy the sunshine instead? Yes, maybe. Could you no. do that? Could you do that? No, because no, the painting is so much is so much part of my yeah. relaxation. But it's nice to have. I think what's nice about this is it's nice to have the. I mean, we've both spoken about this, and you know, with Joe last week when she asked me you know how do you get it all done and we were talking about the idea of what's work and what's hard work and and there's times that you know I love doing it and I'm happy in it like I said last week it doesn't always feel like hard work sometimes it feels like there is a lot to do but they're all Mm -hmm. things that I've chosen and that I want to get done but what we're just talking about now is just like yeah actually it is good to sometimes you know just press pause do things enjoy other stuff yeah and it does I couldn't do it forever no I couldn't do that forever waking up every day and thinking what am I going to do well I suppose I'll potter in the garden again and read a book that that would get I think it's it's one of those things like contrast in paintings it's nice because Mm. it's a contrast if Mm. it was every day it'd soon get tired Mm. like when my friend he did an exchange years ago where he swapped with another teacher and he went to live in Florida And I was living in Canada at the time. He's from the UK. And he came up to stay with me at Christmas in Toronto and said, oh, my God, it's snowy. Thank God, because every day was warm and and that's what he wanted. But after a while, he wanted the contrast. So um, we need it. Yeah, we need the change. Yeah, it's good to remind ourselves, though. Yeah, that we need both. And, And art is not always... Um, in the past I've always thought well painting is my meditation it is my way of getting out of myself Mm. but but only when I'm really in the mood if I'm not really in the mood I can't really get into it in the same way so it doesn't serve the purpose 
So what about this old phrase then about the muse has to find you working? Yes, I, I do agree with that also. Yeah. I do agree with that, but I think what I mean is it can't be that relaxing meditative thing no. for me if I'm not in the right place for it. Sometimes I can push into something that turns into an idea, but it can't also be healing. And so in that particular day, planting those flowers and sitting in a chair was more healing than painting would have been. But I do believe if I'd shown up and painted, something might have happened. Could have done. But but we, we don't have to. I mean, even people who work, even when I worked in an executive corporate job, I didn't work all the time. I did actually take some time off. And I think we, especially you and I, but a lot of artists, we tend not to do that. Well, we get kind of, we're, we love. We, yeah, exactly. We do get a little bit sort of, uh, well, I think it's two things. You, you, you're you quite obsessive about something because it, not you, one, both of us, mm-hmm. all of us, obsessive about something because it's personal. And it's also, it's not always something that you can easily switch off. Like our minds are always thinking of new things creatively and new solutions for things. And that's, always popping up I think my mind on the artwork front is a little bit rested now I've got new frames arriving today um for big ones which have landed in that space of feeling settled Mm. after quite after quite a long time they've they've taken a long time and I don't know how I feel about that I'm happy where I've arrived with them. They're going to be really difficult to photograph. But am I happy with this process and way of working that feels like it's taken such a long time to arrive? Mm. I don't know. So I'm sitting with that at the moment. That's really interesting because I had a, a Q&A, live Q&A last night that I was doing and somebody asked a question about when you work in, intuitively, they've just finished a course that teaches you how to just begin and then work and then arrive somewhere when you're ready and finish it. Yeah. And she, that was a new process to her. And she was asking, is it always this way? Does it always feel so uncertain? Do I always not know where I'm going? And I was saying to her that when I think about it, I've gone through a period where I work like that. Then a period where I found I really work better with some kind of idea or concept to guide me. Mm-hmm. But now getting back into a period where I can just feel stirrings of, you know, I might like to go back to the other thing and that might take longer. Mm-hmm. And so we do, go, I think we go through these cycles yeah. and it's just allowing it to be whatever it's going to be. I also felt like "Mm, I've got stirrings to go back to abstract landscapes, but in a different way than Mm -hmm. I have been doing. Oh, that's interesting because I thought I wasn't doing that anymore. Um, So, but I think we can ignore those little nudges and say, no, but I'm working on this over here. And that's that's a problem. So it's not like it's a problem that it's taking you a long time, is it? It's just that it's, creating a question in your mind that now you will answer as you go forward yeah it's just a it's just uh 
point of reflection I don't know if it means anything yet Mm -hmm. I don't know if it has to mean anything yet um it was just that I suddenly you know I was aware actually these have taken a while how do I feel about that as a way of working or does it does it feel too I mean I think I'm much happier now much more content with things I don't feel that anxiety the person that you just spoke about Mm -hmm. that point of creating something and not not knowing what the end result is I don't feel the frustration of that Mm -hmm. as much anymore because I'm more trusting of the process that it will get there to something that I I don't know yet and from that point of view, I'm very happy with these paintings. Yeah. Um, they really do feel kind of different and new. I don't know what it means yet as a signpost for something else, but I think we just have to accept that it's always part of the creative cycle, isn't it? The uncertainty. A little bit. The uncertainty. We're never going to be happy. and It's not, no, hang on, that's not right. It's not that we're never going to be happy. We're never going to stay in one place. Never going to say, okay, done. Yeah. I did it. That's the perfect painting. Yeah. I'm finished. Yeah. Because if you, if you did attain the perfect painting in the way you've been working, you would say, right, what next? What can I do that's different? Yeah. Yeah. And give I'm me another, going... give me another thing. Give me another <laughs> yeah. challenge. Let's because that's what, that's what keeps us going. Like I'm going through this uncertainty I was saying to you before we got on. Um, about what I want to do with the next few years and how I want to work. I've spent a lot of energy and time on teaching in the last few years. And do I, I, I still think that's always going to be part of what I do, but do I want to put more energy into my artwork now? And I feel like I do. And so I've started to look at, I love my space that I had built in my garden. It's um, a reasonable size for a, for a garden building. It's as large as you're allowed. And um, here in the UK, you, there's limits on what you can build in your garden without applying for permission and doing all sorts of things. So it's it's a good space, but it's been feeling confining to me as my only space. And I started to get this urge a really strong urge to have a bigger workspace and a bigger workspace that encompasses more than a studio. Yeah. So then if you're into human design, being a manifester in the past, I just do what I want to do without telling anyone because as soon as I tell other people, they say, oh, but what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And the feeling I get inside myself when I have to explain myself, is just violent anger. Like, get out of my way. Go away. It's it's horrible. It's like, oh, I can't even... And other people get really shocked if you say, I I just can't. Stop asking me questions. They're like, I only was, you know, curious. So, but I've really practiced being able to tell other people, family, friends, what I'm doing and what I'm thinking, because that is supposed to be what's a good life strategy for manifestors. Not very good at it yet, because the minute they ask a question, I still go, oh, never mind. You don't understand. There's no point. Um, Because I can't articulate fully 
So I'll give you an example and you will all understand this. So I said to my my close friend who knows me really well, I said, well, I, I see it as kind of, I'd, I'd looked at a specific building and I had the floor plan and I was like, I see this part as the studio space. I see this as maybe like a gallery space where I can hang my work so it can always be there if people want to come. I won't be open like a shop, but if people want to come, there'll be a space. And I see this as, um, I'm not sure what this is going to be yet. And I'm, and then they were like, well, what would you do? use that giant space over there for? Well, I don't know, but I'd have the space and something will come if I have the space. Exactly. See, you and everybody understands who's an artist. Like this is like like when you're little and you have like, oh, you could imagine like planning your dream house. Like every artist does this. They're like, what would my dream studio be? There is no problem with filling the space. There's the working space. There's the photography space. There's there's the packing space. space. (laughs) There's the thinking space with the sofa. Uh, there's the 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 lovely uh, library with book space. There's the gallery space. There's the workshop space. <laughs> there's space like there is no problem, zero problem. Exactly, exactly. In fact, once you start talking like that, the building I'm looking at is too tiny. small. It's tiny. It's too small. There's not enough room for all of that. Um, but when you talk to non-artists or non-creative people, I suppose, because other creatives would understand that, they they are like, but what is the plan? Because that's a lot of money. What is the plan? Like, I don't know. But what I know is if I go do it, the plan will unfold. And actually, you did an episode with Robin. um, And it was just at the time I was looking at this initially mm-hmm. and then you did that episode and I don't want to do exactly what Robin's doing, but I loved how she described how it unfolded. Mm-hmm. She didn't plan on doing salon evenings when she got the space, but then that occurred to her. When those ideas occur to us and we don't have the space to do it, we're stymied. Okay. But then I, I can't do it because I don't have room. So I believe. Well, hang on, hang on. Yeah, you're sort of stymied, but also you have a chance to practice it. Like if you if you had yes. that idea for the salon evenings, you could you can go and you could go and hire a venue. You could. you could rent an Airbnb like we did for that retreat. Like there are ways of doing there are, it. I think, there are obstacles. But there yeah. are always obstacles. There are think, always obstacles in anything we want to do. That is very true. What I meant to say was, let me think about this. If you have to rent a space, that yeah. creates like, oh, it creates that thought of, do I really want to do this? Maybe it's mm. not, oh, it's a lot of hassle. I have to find somewhere and I don't know if I can be bothered. And for me anyway, that kind of, if it's just a little spark, like an ember in a fire, I might go, nah. but if I have a space, I might say, well, you know what? I've got the space. I could try it and it wouldn't hurt anyone. Maybe that's just a personality thing for me. If in order to go rent a space and organize all of that, I would have to be really driven with a clear idea. Whereas to just try something and let it evolve, that would require, like I've wanted to do a, I've had an interest in doing a retreat for a while, but that would involve me finding an outside space and organizing. Here's where the best B&Bs are. And here's some places. Oh, no, I'm not. That's not me. So that just drifts away. Whereas if I could say, here's where I am, come if you want to, space is all ready for you. 
Anyway, I don't know if it will happen because the frustrating part is the building I found and I love, love is has been empty for two years, is uh, a beautiful old building, is in good condition to say it's been empty for two years. But I can see why it's been empty for two years, because the people who are managing the building for the owner who lives abroad and is uncontactable don't seem very interested in actually taking action on anything. So it just sits there. So I, my emails go unanswered, my phone calls, you know, get a cursory reply. And um, I'm just trying to push it forward. And then I think, am I pushing on the wrong building? If they don't want to, you know, maybe there's mm. another building, maybe. But I've, what I've done is I've arranged a second viewing next week because I can't get him on the phone. I'm going to get him in the building in person and say, right, are we doing this or not? Yes or no? What's the process? And see if I can get some resolution. And if I can't, I will look for other things. Um, but what a shame, you know, it's just sitting there and it's so perfect. I've even had my mum sleuthing to find the owner, but we can't find him. She's really good at internet sleuthing, but we can't find him. He's he's uh, not reachable. The thing about this is it's always a series of questions, isn't it? And like, that sounds like a really big project. Mm -hmm. Look at where it started in your cupboard. I know. I know. I mean, that's the thing that's amazing. My cupboard. Alice is really unimpressed with my cupboard. (laughs) I'm not unimpressed with your cupboard. I've been been in your cupboard. (laughs) But it is literally like there is enough floor space for a chair. Yeah. that's That's where you started off making art. Yeah. Um, when, people, when people ask, how can I make out when I don't have enough space? Mm-hmm. I, I was in that cupboard for three years um, and outside. I used to go outside in the garden to paint when the weather was good enough. Yeah, and now it's turning into this. And some of the buildings that I've got my eye on are ridiculously huge and would be too much because I think this is a, a key point with everything we take on. I was thinking we have to decide what do I want? The first building is fully functional and very well maintained. And yes, it's a project, but not that much of one, really. Yeah. Other buildings are like, wow, now you are talking about renting space to other people, which turns you into a landlord, which turns you into a building maintenance. But I don't want to be that. And you, I think you've got to kind of keep testing in with yourself. It's what we said at the beginning. Does that, that feels okay. No, that feels like that isn't what I want. So, and then find the sweet spot somewhere in the middle that feels just right. Like the three bears and the porridge. And even, even those things there there would be other ways of doing it. Like you could, you know, employ somebody who did the building maintenance for you but I think then it's where it sort of gets too big Mm. like that's that all of a sudden is but never say never you know you might you might find something that works as an interim for a year or so and then you're like okay now I am ready to do this and I can see what the next stage of it looks like yeah that's the thing that I find so fascinating about this is I, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's that we need to have more patience, but patience for me, patience for me feels like um, 
sitting back, like I'll be patient, I'll wait. Doesn't it doesn't feel active enough? Mm. I'm not sure it's just about patience. There's some self-patience in a sense of um being kind to yourself when whatever it is that you're hoping for or planning for is taking longer than you want to get there. Mm-hmm. There is definitely a patience with that, but that's directed inwards as a more of a self-care, like you would encourage children who are learning to ride a bike. You know, you're not going to say, go on, get up, win the flipping Tour de France, are you? You know, it's like, let's get three wheels around on the on the pedals. Let's see if we can make it to the next tree. Mm. And yes. So there's there's a self-patience, but there's also a relaxing into the speed of the journey. And I think when you do that self-trusting and when you take the time to question and check back in and think, well, what is it? Does this feel good? What is next for me? There's something about becoming stagnant Mm. that is a worry for me. And again, that might be me personally. That's very different from a, a... a perpetual push to do more and more from a driving point of view. Mm. But there's a difference between when you stay in a place where you're stuck and everything like it, it's like a spiral that just gets lower and slower and slower. Mm. You know, those swing ball things that you stick in the grass and you whack them round and then you whack it the other way. And then, you know, and then they're going, they're going round and then they're going slower and slower and slower. Yeah. That, is dangerous for me. Yeah. I have to watch for that. And that's not what lying in the grass was about the other day. Yeah. Lying in the grass was was a very deliberate pause and enjoy this because the sun's shining and it's gorgeous and this is what I'm choosing. I think my problem is that push, push, push. Like, yeah, I just heard that message, let them, right? If they don't want to rent that building or if they're going to be really slow, let them and I can move forward and then I can decide what I'm going to do. Yeah. But I tend to be like, no, I won't let you, you know what? You haven't answered my email. And I asked you twice, what is going on? Instead of just saying, okay, well, something, there's something here that I don't understand and maybe move on or, or just, as you say, take a breath. I think I've got, well, I know I've said this before. I've got less patient with age. Right. Because time's going by and I know there's a point where I won't be healthy enough to do what I want to do. So I can't feel, and, and I think that's unusual because I think people get more patient and calmer and let go of things as they get older. I think I'm getting more patient. Yeah. And I'm going the opposite way. Like, come on, there's only so much time left. I, I I might be, you know, by 70, who knows how, how healthy and strong I'll be. And I want to make the most of now. Um, well, then I think it's a question of where you use your energy, isn't it? Mm. And and it does sound like with this particular building, you're a bit like bashing your head against the brick wall going, come on, come on, come on. Whereas actually, chances are that there is something else out there that might be better. You just got to shine your light in a different direction. Yeah. This is what's interesting I wanted to say about that is I've been asking people questions. I've been thinking a lot in the last few years, what do I want to change? 
And is it a move? Is it a move to a new place was a big thing. And looking at different places and thinking, do I want And I got really close to moving just recently. And so grateful I didn't pull the trigger on that because things have changed with my family and I need to be around here. But also I feel like this happens with my art as well. I feel like I'll push in this direction, try this, do this, try this. I'm not definitely not a sit back and wait for inspiration person. Maybe I should be, but I'm not. I'm a like, do this, do this, go here, do here. And then suddenly, oh no, I found it. Whereas yeah. some people, some people can relax and wait for the surge of inspiration. Um, so now it feels like the potential move it was the Cotswolds in the end I was thinking about potential move there is what triggered this idea because I looked at a house which didn't have a studio and I started looking at commercial property space and thought "Ooh, I like that better I like that better and then when I came back here and actually went and looked at what was available it wasn't what I had had in mind was available. So what I had in mind was available was storefronts. I had storefronts yes. in mind, shops, gallery, and I didn't want that. So I hadn't considered it. And now I look and see, oh, wait, there's other things which have nothing to do with shops, which are available and are cool and actually provide everything I want. So okay. so what I'm trying to say is one thing leads to another but it's recognizing the difference between I'm pushing to move, but actually I don't want to, which is why I couldn't pull the trigger. And I want to do this, which yes, I want to do it. And that's the same for me in my artwork. I can be working, trying to do this over here. And then suddenly the idea comes and I can fly with it because it's the right one. Which does come back to, it does come back to a certain sense of, patience and trust in the journey part of it doesn't it Mm. yes yeah and also that you know often the things that we're looking for are a little bit more along the unexpected lines yeah I mean this might not end up being it this might be a step might be another yeah another whatever it is I don't know and we never know um and and so I suppose what are we saying all you have to do is keep taking the steps I think what's interesting is that often these things are a result of quite a lot of putting out feelers that maybe don't go anywhere. I mean, we're at that stage, you know, with children leaving and are we going to stay in this house? Are we going to move? I want something that's a little bit more. I, I don't want to move to another house in a in a street. I don't want to keep paying studio rent. So something that's a bit more unusual, it's kind of... You know, it's difficult to find, but in my head, I was like, it's impossible to find in London. Yeah. And we had a conversation with an estate agent and he said, it's not impossible. They do come up. But he said, it will be much more led by you finding the right place than problems in selling your current house. So your time scale for it might be longer than a regular move. Mm-hmm. So you might need to allow longer for the right kind of place to come up but they do. Yeah. So that was quite reassuring. So it feels like I've been like one of those sticky octopuses that like throw out a, did you ever, 
That's oh, so we're really analogies today. You know those little rubber ones, and they pick up fluff, and then you wash them under the sink, and they go and they go all clean again, and then you throw them at the window, and they walk their way down yes. the window. Yes, <laughs> that's what I think. That's what it's like. It's like you throw out a kind of tentacle for something, and then it's not right, and then you do another one, and it's not right, and those can sometimes feel frustrating. Yes, because nothing's actually changing yet. Yes, like nothing's moved yet. And it's There's no difference. There's no resolution. There's no decision that you've come to. Yeah. It's just, I want to do the thing. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you said, I said, I just thought commercial property was a shop with an office over it. I don't want that. You thought the house that you want doesn't exist, so there's no point. And then when we open up to something else, and it always makes me think, what haven't we opened up to yet then? Mm-hmm. Like what else is there that we we are saying is not possible without even being conscious that we're saying it? Yeah. Yeah, that's that. And then I'm back to fra- get my frames painted, get my varnishing done. Oh, because you've got cool. open studios coming up. Yeah, we've got open studios coming up in a couple of weeks. We've got to have a bit of a clear out here too to get ready for it. How many years of open studios will this be for you now? Uh, I think 2009 was the first, wow. first time. So you are very experienced open studio by now. Open studio uh, by now. Yeah, I should possibly be a little bit more anxious about it than I am. No, should I? And I shouldn't be anxious very certainly a few years ago if I was in the current state that I'm in I would be having a bit of a panic about it and again I know now that like what will get done will get done and it's the confidence isn't it to invite people in anyway I was having a conversation with someone a few months ago at open studios they'd applied and then they hadn't finished any work and panicking and we had a chat and she decided to just open up with work in progress sketchbooks and she had the best time and she said people were absolutely fascinated and once we talked about that and she realized oh I could do that there's nothing in the brochure that says work has to be for sale and so then you realize it's the confidence though isn't it because the first time you think it has to be perfect and and it's also just practical things like the first time everything you do is new Mm mm-hmm all the preparation yeah. stuff is new. You're figuring things out. I like how does a card reader work? You know, all of that stuff. I do need to test that today. But then it's just it's just more familiar. It's easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also I've said this before, there is something about it being at home which is just more relaxed than having to pack everything up and get it in a van and set it up at an art fair and yeah you know compared to that it feel it does feel easier so yeah I'm I'm quite excited about it actually I'm looking forward to it because I didn't do it last year didn't you so, I don't no, know no 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 we had a wedding a covid uh, postponed family wedding last year right. so last year I was off um yeah and then I will be at that stage of beginning new work again I'm wondering what it's going to be all about this time, which is always different because you're always starting again from a new space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's where I am. So creatively then, what are you working on? 
creatively all my energies have been going into preparing i've redesigned my course for for this year it's coming out later than normal it's not coming out till september but being me i decided to change everything and so i i've redesigned every module created new things for it and made all the videos and they're going to be edited by someone else so i've just got all the video content done and first time ever I've pre-prepared YouTube videos until September. Wow. Like, and this is by necessity because life is taking a lot of time. And I thought I need to have things in place and done so I can feel like I can manage life admin. So, um, yeah, it felt really good. And actually, when I got, they're they're not edited. Someone else is editing them for me, these YouTube videos, but they're all uh, planned by day in a folder that she keeps and she's got it all mapped out. And what I found was I've always poo-pooed content planning really in any kind of way, but this has happened by necessity. And I'm not saying I'm going to do it because it's a lot of work, but there was a big benefit to doing it, the YouTube videos in advance because I could think through a logical sequence of things and I could um and the feeling when they were done when I got the last one uploaded to Google Drive for her was like phew that is me free now it isn't because I'll fill up my time so I can see the pluses it doesn't mean I'm going to be able to do it but I can see why people what they call batch create things once it's done but it's a a stage of learning thing again isn't it Mm. I I totally agree I can see the benefit in it but when you were first starting putting things on YouTube could you have known that no I wouldn't have known what to put on and also this goes back to what you were saying about open studios I would have been too concerned that they were some of them weren't good enough yeah whereas now I think okay if one week's video isn't as good as another week's video it's free but also you've got the learning of it. Like you've been doing it long enough mm-hmm. to get the learning of it, to get those, not the practice ones, but you know what works now. So it's easier yeah. to say, okay, right, this is what it should look like. You're operating yeah. from a different place of, of of knowledge on it. And I've accepted, um, I've accepted, I've, um, they don't all have to have high production values and be glossy and, and be perfect. Mm which is what I felt at the beginning, even though they were terrible. But in my mind, I was doing my best with what I had. And uh, now I don't have that pressure on. I just think I'll rattle one out. I'll say what I've got to say. Someone will polish it into something worth. And if it's boring, people won't watch it. It won't, it won't be the end of the world if I make a boring video. Yeah. In fact, I've made many. So this will just be another <laughs> long line of boring videos. So it's that taking the pressure off yourself that can only come with experience. Yeah. So I think we've talked a long time, probably about not very much. But in another way, I feel like we've touched on a lot of really big topics. We've touched on the creative cycle. We've touched on the importance of just accepting where you are. We've touched on what experience does to the way you create the time it takes for the right thing to come along. We've touched on resting when it feels like rest. We've t- we've mainly, I think, wrapping it all up, talked about trusting your own creative feelings about each yeah. of the things we've talked about. Just trusting yourself. But maybe when I listen back in the editing, I'll think, oh, actually, no, we talked about something completely different. So <laughs> we'll see. 
So everyone who's listening knows my favourite TV show is Ted Lasso, obsessed, and now it's over, it's finished last night, and I'm so sad. But there was the funniest joke in the last second to last episode, art joke. In the very first episode, there's a David Hockney picture, and this rich woman owns this David, David Hockney, one of the prints that you bought, but hers is the original, those drawings he did yeah. when he was an art, just out of art college. And she's looking at it and she's saying, she says to this guy, do you want it? And he's like, it's hot me. It's worth a fortune. And she goes, oh, right, you're right. Never mind. And he's disappointed that he didn't take it. And then the scene moves on. Years later, she's overcome the reasons why she didn't want the hot me. And she hangs it back up on the wall, back in its original spot. And Ted Lasso comes in and he's like, oh, did you draw that? And she says, no, it's a David Hockney. And he says, well, he's a very talented little boy. <laughs> and I just loved it. Because how many times do people say to us in, in our role as helpers, mentors, teachers, whatever, they say, my family and friends don't like my artwork and I'm so discouraged because everybody doesn't get it. And I always say to them, I, I have hardly anyone in my real life who likes anything I create. They all, yeah. I saw you talking about your dad on Instagram. Yeah, I did. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say about, about reels. I've So I started a, a reel. Actually, it wasn't a reel. It was a live yesterday. And it started with this conversation with my dad where he was like, oh, so, um, yeah, right. So how's it going with the painting? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting ready for open studios. He was like, so do you have people who, you know, come back maybe and like sometimes buy more than one? I was like, that happens and he just went huh well who'd have thought it families <laughs> it's just so it's just you know okay and it's re it's really easy for me to say that now like it genuinely because I'm at a stage where yes people do buy things and it is lovely and there is that kind of outside it is a kind of confirmation I don't need it from them anymore yes. but there was a stage where it would have really upset me um and that's why kind of create finding spaces and you know connections with other artists online or who you meet through instagram is so important yes uh, what i was just going to share was i've just had a little bit of an attitude change with reels mm. having having gone i don't want to do reels they're really fitting complicated i hate them Right, I need to learn about this. Okay, I've learned a few things. They're still not my favorite thing. No, I'm going to dig my heels in and do photos. Um, I have just started just playing with them more and almost thinking of them as stories. And I'm going to be doing reels and then removing them and deleting them and just being much more light touch with them. Mm. Because they are, I've, I'm starting to find them quite fun and easy and quicker to put together. That's and good. It's a nice creative thing if you enjoy it, isn't it? To put it a is. story together like that. Yeah. And the, the editing is, is easier now within Instagram. Um, oh, right. Because I have struggled with that. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So I get halfway through and then somehow it's vanished and I don't know what I did wrong. Yeah. Or... And, and they save the drafts in a different place than draft posts. And it's all, all of that is a little bit annoying. And it is still fiddly. You're still like pinching yeah. things on the little <laughs> yeah. screen. But 
there's just been a little bit of a mindset change in me of, okay, a couple of short things put together. It doesn't have to be a great big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, but as a result of that, I did notice when I needed a photograph for a newsletter the other day, didn't have any, all I've got is video on my phone now. <laughs> I mustn't go too far. The this other is way. a problem. Yeah, yes. when I film myself painting for my membership, I, I sometimes forget to actually take images of the paintings because I've done so much videoing. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could do a kind of screenshot of a yeah. freeze frame, but that's sometimes just a bit, a yeah, bit, a bit blurry, do, isn't it? So, yeah, keep, keep, keep having a go with that sort of stuff. So, lovely. That's it then. Is it for this week? All right, so uh, we'll be back next week and have a good week, everybody. You can find Alice at Alice Sheridan Studio on Instagram and me at Louise Fletcher underscore art, or you can find our website by just putting our names into Google. See you next time. Bye. My friends just sent me a text which won't make any sense to you. Pixelated testicles. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> she just finished watching the last episode of Ted Lasso. And there were some pixelated testicles, <laughs> which were a long-running joke. So right from the first episode, if you if if this is in outtakes and you are and you then you know what I'm talking about if you watch the last episode. <laughs> Liam and Noel, although not quite perhaps an oasis. Time is it? Shall we just wrap it up there or shall we do a... Do you do have a what's to, inspired? We don't need to do a different intro, do we? If people are bored, they'll just switch off. Intro to... Like at the beginning to say this one isn't... This is one of those ones that's not about art, but we don't need to do an intro saying that because they know that by now. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, no, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm.